Before we get started, a special thank you is in order to our friends over at Stanley Customs. Stanley Customs creates amazing custom sports figurines for all you athletes out there. Right now, our listeners will get 15% off their order and all interviewees will get 25% off of their order simply by going to Stanley underscore Customs on Instagram and telling them that Globally Ballin sent you. Thank you. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Globally Ballin podcast, a product of the Globally Ballin podcast network we have a fantastic interview for you today so sit back and enjoy and thank you all for joining us one more time here's the music i gotta let you go finish the game with a broken hand yeah finish the game with- i'm rio 2016 silver medalist and asian games 2018 gold medalist young man how do you use a celebrity for good you know, it's, uh, up until that point, most of us as, as athletes were taught how to use a celebrity to manipulate, to get a girl, to get famous, whatever it is. We're hours away from kind of the nearest hospital to end up losing this leg over. I don't think a lot of people know the opportunities there are actually to play overseas, especially in the women's category. Actually broke my neck. I was paralyzed from the waist down, and I was never supposed to walk again, much less be able to play football again. Had a couple guys get robbed at gunpoint, um, and one of them was just like, "Yeah, get me out." At the same time, there are some who would still keep their nine to five jobs because the pay for being an athlete isn't enough. Don't complain when we look like idiots abroad in these big tournaments. What league or country gave you the best pay contract-wise? Probably Turkey my last season. Okay. Today's episode and interview is with Evelyn Magley. Quick search of Miss Magley will bring up a number of links, one of which or several of which will bring to you a story, an article talking about Miss Magley being the first African-American woman to own a male professional sports league in the United States. And of course, we're talking about the Basketball League. This episode follows episode from last week when I had an interview and talk with Evelyn's husband, David Magley, who runs different aspects of the league. So if you missed that episode, go back and listen to the interview with David um, and then come back or listen to this one first. Either way, you should listen to both. Uh, this one is with Evelyn Magley, the owner of the Basketball League, a new and emerging league in basketball league in the United States. So enjoy. Hey, everybody. This episode is brought to you by an additional sponsor. We are now also brought to you by Creating Young Minds. Creating Young Minds is a nonprofit out of Louisville, Texas, right outside of Dallas. You may remember we've had an episode in the past with the founders of Creating Young Minds, Dr. Shira Ackerman and Coach Mathis Crowder. Creating Young Minds strives to help young men achieve success in their life where they may not have otherwise achieved that success. One way they do this is through their new basketball team. The Louisville Yellow Jackets affiliated with Creating Young Minds play in TBL, the Basketball League, and through a combination of their nonprofit as well as their basketball team, Creating Young Minds and the Louisville Yellow Jackets are doing their best to bring the European model of basketball to the United States. That is Creating Young Minds. You can find them on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, basically everywhere. Find 
creating young minds, check them out, see what they're all about. And when the TBL league rolls around once again, keep an eye out for the Louisville Yellow Jackets. Thank you. Evelyn Magley. I said that right, right? Yes. Okay. CEO of the Basketball League. Yes, sir. And we are are actually here in Waukegan, just north of Chicago, mm -hmm. watching. Uh, these are the combines, right? Is that yes. what we call them? Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, these are structured so differently than a typical league, right? Mm -hmm. Because there's only it's not like each team has a has a coach here watching what's going on. What's the structure we have here? The structure is called David Magley. <laughs> <laughs> he is the one that runs the show, and he, uh, as you're probably aware, he's a Mr. Basketball Indiana, which yep. when I met him, I didn't even know what that <laughs> meant because I'm from Kansas. But um, he knows the game of basketball and uh, absolutely loves it. So he sets up the runs. He looks. He knows talent when he sees it. He knows adjustments that need to be made. And then he makes certain that the young men all get an opportunity to show themselves in the best light that they can. They uh, switch up teams. He arranges the team so that each player is able to play with other players and not just the same five the whole time. Sure. So that they get to be able to adjust, make adjustments, and be seen in a different light with different guys. Because sometimes you get some guys that come down and they're shaking and shaking and shaking and they're not passing. And if you're a guy that needs to catch and shoot and you're not getting the ball and you're playing with that one sure. team sure. that whole time, then you don't get to really express or, or show your, your game. And then after that, David has kind of an idea of who fits where. Yes. If now, not all these people are going to fit in the league completely, right? Some of these people, yeah. So not, so not everybody here is going to fit. David won't think they're all going to fit in the league itself. Right, right. There are some that will need to make adjustments and things that they need to work on, but each player will get a, a written review okay. of their play so that they can know what they need to work on. And he's very open. Like he says, if you if you don't want the truth, then don't ask. Yeah. Because he's going to tell you and he's going to be honest with you on things that you need to work on. And if you listen and take it to heart and work on those things, then you can improve your game and, and become better so that you can be a pro. Now, this definitely is not a localized league in any way. No. Um, you're in Chicago right now. Where else are these upcoming combines? Oh, we have combines that are coming up in South Dakota. We have in Florida. We have some up in Michigan. Uh, it swings out all the way across the United States. We have in all uh, somewhere between 28 to 30 combines. Okay. And one of the reasons that we have so many combines is because we want the players to have an opportunity to be able to try out. Uh, we have a son, six foot ten, true story, that went to a tryout in Vegas. Uh, after he had graduated to try out for a team that I guess was a team in Asia or something they were looking for players and so by the time he paid for his airfare a rental car hotel food and trying to uh, get to the practice he'd spent some, anywhere between twelve hundred to fifteen hundred dollars just to get there seems low actually you know, coming, I mean that because he's coming all the way at that point we were living in Florida oh, so I believe it so he spent uh, a pretty penny that of his 
own money that he had worked hard on saving over time to find out when he got there. There were about 300 guys there at the tryout. And uh, there were two teams there, and they were looking for guards, two guards, 300 people to get two guards. So he was in almost, I mean, he was devastated. He said, I can't believe I spent that kind of money to go somewhere to find out that the opportunity was really for two people and it's for two guards, and he's a big man. He's six foot ten. So as we started building the league, we thought, how can we make this affordable for these young men to be able to come, have a tryout, and be able to afford to come? So we take the combines across the United States, and they're able to come within if they're even within four hours drive, they can come on a tank of gas and go back without having to spend a lot of monies to be able to try out. And then on top of that, it's a real tryout because 80% of the league is made up from young men that have come from the combines. Where do the other 20% come from? You have those individuals that are played in Division One. You have some that are pros. Uh, okay. We had Jamario Moon, who okay. played with the big three. He played last year um, in the league uh, with the Albany Patroons. And so you've got young men that are playing already as pros that want to be able to go somewhere where they know it's safe, that they can play, they're going to get good runs, they can stay in shape. And then we don't have a buyout clause um, on the contract, so they can go wherever they need to go. That's huge. We had over 40 young men uh, last season that were picked up to play overseas during the season. So young men can come into the league and not be fearful of being, you know, held to a contract. So let's say a, a team maybe in China or overseas or Europe says, oh, I like that guy. I want him to play on my team. And we say, oh, we have a buyout clause. Uh, it's going to cost this amount of money in order for to pay out his contract for you to pick him up. Well, some teams will say, well, you know what? Uh, I see another guy over here that I don't have to pay anything. Uh, there's no buyout, so I'll go with that player. So effectively what you've done as a league is you've shut that player down. His opportunity is truly just to play in your league. And we want to be a different league and go beyond that. We want to allow the young men the opportunity to showcase themselves so that they can get bigger and better opportunities. Personally, to play in some of the leagues, whether they're making 2,000 to 5,000 to 20,000 to 30,000 a month, that's a lifestyle change for most of these young men. And to have an opportunity closed down because of a buyout is something that I don't want them to experience. So you look at this, and the more I dive into your league, it's clear that you look into this looking out for all these athletes which is so so awesome because we see a lot of them get swallowed up by bad agents or sketchy leagues and um, but you're definitely looking out for them which is so cool i look at it even at a business perspective and i say well you guys don't have a buyout clause mm -hmm. that's a huge marketing tool to other leagues and say just just watch us for a little bit because if you see anything that you like mm -hmm. there's no hoops for the most part and so that's huge because yeah. we get you know, some of the leagues that'll listen, they get they get tripped up by that all the time. They have somebody they really want, but then they have to weigh the, you know, is it worth the buyout clause, and does he need to be back, or do we have to pay extra to get him back at a certain time, or something like that. But this is a perfect situation where 
and you said you're working, you're, you want to get like streams going and all this stuff. So now it'll be easier to watch and all of that. Right. So yeah, this is like you said, perfect for the players, but also for the leagues and the outside that you might work with in the future. Well, even today at the combine, I, in speaking with the young men, you've got some of these young men have played Division One or, or NAIA, or um, they've played in junior colleges, and some of them have not played for maybe two years mm. since uh, they've graduated or since they've they've come out of school. And one of the main things that they're, they're looking for is they need footage. Mm. Oh, yeah. Where are they going to get footage of them playing and playing at a high level? Because if you're marketing yourself as a pro and you don't have footage of yourself playing at a pro level, mm -hmm. how are you going to get picked up as a pro when you're mm -hmm. if you're playing against someone that's just, you know, doing it for fun versus other individuals that are pros? that are able to show a skill level that now when you're competing, someone that is looking for someone to play in your position says, hey, he's playing at a high level. I want that young man. So we have live streaming um, that is actually every team has to live stream their games. Okay. And then with the live stream, we have archives. So the young men have access to make highlights of themselves so that their agents or even for themselves, they can market themselves. Mm -hmm. So getting back to the um, um, showcasing the young men, we have Genius Sports, which is the number one stats program in the world. It's used by FIBA. Okay. So now you've got general managers, agents, teams across Europe that are able to see their stats. One of the most important things that a player has is their stats mm -hmm. and the way genius sports is set up it shows where that player hit their the percentage of their shots where there it was inside outside the statistical uh, data and the analytics through that program is amazing mm. it's in english and it's in spanish oh fantastic so uh, people are able to uh, pick up that information learn more about the player and then they're able to see which teams they're playing on and then offer them opportunities around the world so one thing any athlete listening will want to know about is their financial situation that they can kind of expect so obviously no specifics but you know what are they looking at maybe if they come into play well the league we really have no salary cap okay. because if you set a salary cap, you know, people are going to, they're probably going to cheat on it anyway. Yeah. So why set it, right? <laughs> yeah, I agree. And why limit the young men to whatever, you know, they were have the ability to, to sure. be able to earn. But I would say on average, uh, we we like to have it where it's between 1500 to $7,500 a month. And uh, that depends upon if you're a rookie or if you're a first-year pro versus do you have pro experience. Understanding that we're not the highest-paying league around, sure. not by not not at all. But what we are and what we offer as a showcase league, I think it far exceeds uh, some of the monetary value that people put on even the salaries because when we we had over 40 young men last season that were picked up during this season to play other places those 40 young men that got to go other places 
got more monies when they went to the other countries because they were able to be showcased through this league so people could see them and then they got to go during TBL season. What does that do? Those 40 positions are now opened up for 40 more young men that came to combines that tried out to be able to come in and take those young men's places. So really what we want to be is the G League to the world. Well said. And I like that you a do. lot. That's what we really want to be. I you, this league's growing on me fast. I tell you what, everything, <laughs> you're, this is really cool. And well, and another thing that we're doing that I believe makes us a different league is part of their development is life skills. We have life skills classes that we're implementing this year that deals with teaching the young men financial skills, entrepreneurship, wellness, uh, taking care of themselves. We, we have uh, Dr. Timothy Maggs is going to be our, our sports medicine doctor that's going to make certain that each one of these young men have are thoroughly checked out to make certain that their bodies are balanced to keep them from having injuries. And injuries can, as uh, oh, yeah. you know, can end it for oh, an yeah. athlete. Yeah. And so we're, we're finding that pre uh, prevention is is the best way to treat an athlete. The one of the ones, the health especially, but finance is a big one, especially because, like you said, you can get hurt and it can be all over. Or even if you're healthy, you're not playing until you're 40. I mean, so, right. I mean, the average person works a lot longer than an athlete works. And mm -hmm. so, and even if it's almost weird because if you make it long enough, play until you're, you know, 28 or whatever, now all of a sudden you're at a weird limbo stage to find another job. Right. And so if you're not prepared and you don't have that sort of training mm -hmm. for financial preparedness, yeah, you're going you're gonna to have some issues. Well, it's, it's important that... This is not just happening with athletes. I'm a retired teacher, and I'm going to tell you, most curriculum in schools nowadays, they are not teaching these skills. They're not teaching financial aid. They're not, they're not teaching financial uh, skills. They're not t they even took out home ec. I know I'm really showing my age, but uh, to even learn how to cook, a lot of schools aren't even <laughs> doing that. <laughs> I mean, there were basic skills that you learned in school. They're not teaching anymore. One of the things that disturbs me is that everyone, I don't care whether you're an athlete or not, you need to know how to deal with your finances. Yeah. And if you don't learn those skills, it is very possible that that will be handed from one generation to the next. You'll find that probably 80% of the young men I am finding in the league have never even been in a bank let alone have a bank account. But this is not just with athletes. This is happening across the board because guess what? The bank is now in your hand. It's in the palm of your hand. Mm. It's your phone. Well, that's great that you can cash your check and deposit and never have to go into a bank. But what happens when you need to get a loan? You need to go in and talk to a loan officer. How have you developed those skills? How are you going to go in and navigate that system when you've never really been intricately involved in going in and establishing relationships with the banking world or that industry. These are skills that you have to work on. 
When you see a young man that's being interviewed and their hands are shaking, their voice is trembling because they've never been interviewed before, imagine that same young man walking into a bank trying to get a loan that's never walked into a bank. I mean, these are basic skills. So the life skills classes that we have in this league are very important because it's going to help build them, having them, working with them to even do interviews so that they feel confident uh, that they're not standing there um, um, mm. thinking, taking their time, thinking through what is being asked, being able to have eye contact it makes all the difference in the world when you're being interviewed. How does that go across into your life? Now you're on an interview, be on television. What about if you're going in for a job interview? Mm. What if you're the person that's the entrepreneur and you're trying to interview people that are working with your business? These are skills that we have to work on and I believe by presenting these opportunities to the young men that have really nothing to do with basketball, it lets them know that we see them they exist as a person. They're not just an athlete entertainer, mm. but they're actually an individual that we're concerned about them totally. And hopefully that will change lives for generations to come. <laughs> I see this thing growing fast. I love it so much. It's, it's so similar and yet it's completely different. You know, it's similar in the sense that it's basketball, it's people that love basketball, but almost everything else about it's different. It's a league that is founded on godly principles. It's not about going out and trying to make everybody believe like I do. It's really about taking what I believe in and then putting it into actions and showing them love and doing that in the communities because our motto is where the spirit of the game lives, and the spirit of the game is love. The spirit of the game is community. This game was developed and created by uh, a Methodist min a minister, James Naismith, where they were trying to figure out what can we do with these rambunctious kids, it's too cold to play outside, and what can we do? Can you devise a game that these rambunctious kids can get together and play inside and not hurt each other? And the first game that they played, they, they, you know, they, they, they knew rug, rugby. So when they were throwing the ball around, it's my understanding that the guys were tackling each other. <laughs> and so he said, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. This is not going to work. Okay, this is the way this works. You're going to bounce the ball, and the key is you cannot bump into people. Sure. You cannot tackle people. Sure. And so that's why when somebody comes down, if they bump into them, you get a foul. Yeah. Because they were taking this <laughs> game. It's just so funny. But I want to go back to okay. the athletes themselves. For anybody listening that wants to know about opportunities, mm -hmm. one of the things that can be confusing from the outside looking in is like agents. Mm -hmm. um, knowing when, how, how all of that works. So first of all, does anyone, does everyone in this league need one to begin with? I think that's left up to the individual. Right. And the, the, well, there's no, there's no legal. Right. They don't need one right. legally to sign the contract or anything. They do not have to have an agent. No, they do not. But as far as 
whether the league mandates that they have agents, that's a hands-off for us. Okay. We're not trying to direct them to or not. Uh, you know with LeBron James how he took two young men that worked with him and he's been working with them since high school. And I think they've done a pretty mm. darn good job of, of working in the community and doing things um, on their own. But he educated himself and he, he observed what was going on around him. And uh, he had individuals that he trusted. And I think that it's important that the young men, if they have an agent, that they have someone that they can trust. We have a lot athletes who have never even met their agent. They've been playing for years, mm-hmm. never met them. Mm-hmm. And so mm. that, that can be a dicey, confusing, mm-hmm. often kind of sketchy, mm-hmm. weird, but it also can work out well. Mm-hmm. But to know that there's a league that they can go play in right now, mm-hmm. or at least try in right now, mm-hmm. where they don't have to worry about that. Right. And and it if it if it comes an agent can come across. I mean they're watching all that film. They're they're mm-hmm. watching you guys, mm-hmm. so that can happen. So right. that's big that they know that they have a first step they can go to, mm-hmm. where they can get started. Get started here. Right. Get started here. Mm-hmm. This is where you want to start. Mm-hmm. And who knows you might love it, and, and you might get an opportunity that you you'd rather have. Mm-hmm. So, but this is a perfect way to start. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really excited for these uh, young men because um, a couple weeks ago I was talking with a group uh, at a combine and I asked them, you know, we don't have a buyout clause and something in me said, ask them. I said, how many of you know what a buyout clause is? Out of 30 young men, not one hand went up. So you, it is important that as a league, we educate them as to what they're even doing. And entertainment. Entertainment has been notorious for, it's really hard. I think of Bojangles, a man that danced his whole life and then by the end of it he had nothing because everyone took everything from him and didn't seed anything into him, but he had danced his whole life and then he ended up with nothing. And I really want to break that paradigm. I want to be able to seed into these young men so that they understand more of the business side. Them being a player is not the stopping for them. I want them to dream bigger. I want them to see more. Uh, I want them to think of themselves as being general managers, possibly agents, to do things the right way, to be ownership market owners where they go out and they have a market and then they build something for their communities. I want them to see themselves as more than one dimensional. And maybe it's because I look at them like I look at my own children. I, I want I want to do for them what what possibly wasn't there for my own kids. And I want to treat them with respect. And I think the hardest thing about doing that is is Finding the, the correct investors, finding people that are philanthropic, that understand our mission and our goal and what we're trying to accomplish is we're trying to build the whole person, not just the entertainer. Because I think sometimes and most times the player gets lost. They get there, they're playing, they twist their ankle, it's over. 
Now what? No more answered phone calls, no more opportunities, and they're left with what? What did we give them as a league to help them beyond playing the game? And that's what we're here to do is to do that. How do you go about uh, convincing a, an investor or something like that? Because, you know, as the whole idea of investing is investing money or ideally money to get money back. And so how do you pitch the importance of it's not it's more than that. You're you're investing in building up these athletes all around. Well, I, I believe the philanthropic uh, individuals will see they will see that it's more than just about the investment of getting a return with sure. their money, which sure. in time they will get that in time. But investing in the lives of individuals that are going to change the trajectory, very trajectory of that person's life for generations to come. You have to have people that have that mindset. If everything is only about money, then you're probably not going to get investors that are going to want to even be in it for the long haul. Because if they're only looking for a financial return, then invest in gold or invest in something that's uh, that's monetary, that, mm. that has nothing to do with life, that, that's going to get your return. But if you're looking for more than just money as a mm. return, what better investment than invest in these young men's lives? So in that, it's not even necessarily about convincing the yeah, investor. It's about um, finding the right one. Right, right. I, don't, I, I really don't want to have to convince someone. Oh, yeah, it's true. You know, you really want people that have the, the mindset of investing in lives. You take one young man that has a family. You've got now about a family, mom, dad, brothers, sisters. You've got a village of probably 40 to 50 people now when you add cousins. And then when with them and their families, you've got hundreds. And with them and their families, you've got thousands. By affecting one of these young men's lives in a positive way, way you are effectively helping an entire community this is not just him his life is going to affect everything that's around him it, and that's powerful so you have to have people that have that mindset that understand life that people that are really philanthropic that have money all right that have the money they get it because they know that it's not just their money that makes them happy there's a lot of things going around in the media right now that I won't even mention any names of people that have had lots of money that end up being very hollow inside. So it's not, and it's even teaching the young men that it's not necessarily money that even makes you the best that you can be. It's, it's your life. I always ask the young men, I say, when, when did your tryout begin? I just asked them that today. One man said, one young man said, oh, well, combine starts at 10, 10 o'clock. Another young man said, when I walked in the gym, I said, okay, that's good. Another guy said, well, um, my tryout started, uh, I've been working out for three months now. Oh, that's great. And one, one young man looked me straight in the eye. He said, when I was born. And I said, that's what I'm looking for. Your tryout literally began when you're born. So how you live your life, how you treat people, that's your tryout. Your tryout is is not this ball. Your tryout is your life. This is just a part of your journey. 
now that you've got this gift and this talent that you want to go and share and entertain with, what are you going to do with it? How, how are you going to affect your community in your life? Are you just going to be about you? You're just going to run up and down the court so people can scream and holler and make you feel good? Or are you going to do something with your life that impacts someone? What young man is looking at you and saying, I want to be like him? How, how are you going to impact that young man's life? How do you treat your girlfriend? How do you treat your wife? How do you treat your family? You know, what? And this, this mentality of the league and how it's the way that it's shaped differently, this is known on day one for a player. When they walk in, they know immediately. They know immediately that this is different and they know that correct that the structure is is different and the focus is different is that something they grasp right away it's shown to them taught to them explained to them right away when they walk in well we have conversation at the very beginning and I, I try to let them know what the league has been founded on that they don't have to compromise their beliefs if they believe in God you don't have to be afraid to say God in this league you're not gonna, you know, you're not gonna get shut down because of, of what you believe. And we don't all have to believe the same, but just know you have freedom here. Mm. And I think that right there when they come in and they understand that, because I've had young men that have come up to me when we first started last year, that would come up and say, is it okay if we say anything about God or anything? I mean, there as a pro, they have seen people shut down mm. by mentioning God. And they just want to know up front, because I don't want to cross any lines. What do you all, is it acceptable? And I said, most definitely. Most definitely. <laughs> and that's why now I start off, I'm like, let me tell them up front, because these are things that are to the core of some of these young men's beings, you know, mm. of, of who they are. Um, how they function and why they function and if I deny them that opportunity and that right it, it can uh, suppress who they are you know you I won't mention any names but we had a young man in the NBA that that wrote a scripture on his shoe and calls mass chaos <laughs> and I think you know who I'm talking about yeah. I, I try not to mention names but you know there was mass chaos from him writing a simple scripture on a shoe and violating some terms of mm. a contract that he eventually dropped that that company. And, and that's none of my business, but I'm saying these are things that these young men are looking at and seeing that are happening. And, and they just want to know, is that going to affect me? Will I be turned away if I believe? And I want to say no. <laughs> And if you don't believe, that's on you too. It's not for me to yeah. make you believe like me. I, I just want you to know you have the freedom. So uh, I, I look at them as though they're my children and I want to treat them with the respect that I would want someone to treat my children with. So I would imagine you and Dave traveling, when league starts around, are you just getting to all these games all over the place or are you for the most part staying Woo. Staying grounded where you are. We, we, we do a lot of traveling <laughs> in the car because oh, really? we have to keep our costs down because okay. we're, we're trying to be really efficient with every dime that comes in sure. because every dime that comes in goes right back out, believe me. 
there's plenty of things that we have to take care of with the league that those dollars go right back out. But yes, we travel quite a bit. Um, I try to, when it's really cold and snowy, I try to go to the places that we can travel by car in mm. that we don't have to worry about slipping and sliding off the road. True story. Um, sorry about that. I had oh. to run the stop and run the clock. <laughs> but he was uh, traveling from Yakima. He was driving from Yakima, which is in the state of Washington, mm-hmm. to, uh, uh, to Seattle because he was flying out of Seattle. And then he was going to fly from there down to uh, uh, Nevada where there was another game going on. And he called me up, and as he was talking, he started, like, screaming, Oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. I'm like, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? An avalanche coming around those mountains, an avalanche right in front of the car. He almost, people have died in these things. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. On a highway road, they don't protect them from avalanche, and they're like, no, they don't. There's actual, actually, they sometimes they'll close the roads off there in Yakima hmm. because of the potential. Of, well, the potential evidently was there, and he was on the road and oh. right in front. I mean, he turned, he's turning the car around, he's screaming at the top of his lungs. He's like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. I'm like, that's it. You, you can't do that. So are you at least looking forward to the day where <laughs> the basketball league is big enough to where we can fly to all the games? Well, I've had a couple of airlines, uh, private, that have called that are interested in possibly partnering with us. Really? Right, but those private airlines, they're very expensive. Oh, yeah. So I would have to have an investor that would do something to be able to have the young men to be able to travel in some of this because they're traveling by usually shuttle shuttle vans and vans this is not uh they're jumping on planes flying first class they are literally paying their dues here Mm. so that they can go to other levels when the money grows what do you think the first upgrade if you know what I mean? Like, is it all right? We're gonna we're gonna get big buses. We're gonna we're gonna ship them off in buses, or we're gonna get bigger. We're gonna try to get into bigger arenas or whatever. When it when it grows up, or maybe it's just you know what we like exactly what we are because the the vans add character, and they know what they're signing up for. So maybe that's what it is. But is isn't there is there anything you're kind of looking at like I, I want to get there? It would be it would be nice to be able to have those chartered buses oh. that they could sit down in <laughs> and stretch their legs out and actually not be scrunched up you know sure. when they're when they're traveling that would be amazing i would see chartered buses with their logos and the players pictures on the outside mm. that kind of make them feel special uh, when they go that lets people know they're in town so that when they're going from place to place and doing youth clinics and, and working with people that they would be traveling mm. I think in style and in comfort and um, I would love that if there were any philanthropists out there that 
would want to be the official chartered there you go bus line for TBL we're all about community and reaching out and engaging I would love them to step forward and say hey we'll do that for a season and they're driving they're driving all over the place right where where are these can you list them off do you know them all can you list them all off just like that Oh, okay well there's a lot of them I yeah. like to I'll give that to you in just a second. So I'm looking at the map with you, yes. and um, I know some of them offhand, but mm-hmm. what's interesting is you have some big cities in here, yes. and you also have some small ones. So what yes. are some of these really big ones? Okay, so we have the Albany Patroons, oh, yep. and you know you know who came out of Albany Patroons, mm-hmm. all righty, and so they came out of the CBA. You have uh, Yakima Sun Kings, that's on the other coast. Mm-hmm. They were also in the CBA. And then we have the... Is that Raleigh I'm looking at? That's Raleigh Firebirds. Okay. We've got um, the Tri-State Admirals, which it's in... I can never say this right. Newark or Newark? Newark. Newark. All right. I I say Newark, and my husband's like, no, it's not Newark. It's Newark. You're just supposed to say it fast. I'm like, yeah, Newark. Newark. Newark, Newark, Newark. (laughs) (laughs) And then we have the Jamestown Jackals. In Jamestown, uh, New York, we have the uh, Columbus, Ohio Condors. Yeah, yeah. And then we have... <laughs> I'm from Michigan. Oh, you're from Michigan. Columbus isn't my favorite city. I was city. like, what happened there? Columbus Something isn't my favorite and city. And the Tampa Bay Titans. Okay. The Owensboro Thoroughbreds. Oh, we've got a wet spot on the floor. Yeah, why don't we go take care of that? She just stepped off, but this is the CEO <laughs> running out to take care of the wet spot because... Because this is awesome, that's why. Okay, and then we have the Mesquite Desert Dogs. And we've got um, San Diego Waves. And then we have the Louisville Yellow Jackets. That's a new team. And the Dallas Skyline. Okay, so you have major metropolitan areas. Yes. Some. You get Dallas, like yes. going from Dallas Skyline to the Jamestown, is it Jackals? The Jamestown Jackals mm-hmm. in, New, in New York. Jamestown, mm-hmm. New York. Mm-hmm. So you... I guess what kind of qualifications do you look for? It's definitely not, you're definitely not looking population. We are looking for communities that want and need to have a connection with sports and entertainment. That's a lot of cities. We are looking for individuals that want to invest in having teams that are going to positively affect the community. And that could be in a largely populated area. It could be in a dense, you know, a small, a smaller population. We've got population down here in, Mes- in Mesquite. Is, um, it's, it's an older population. They love the Mesquite Dancer Dogs. <laughs> I'm telling you, they're coming in and they're barking roof, roof, roof. Oh. And I'm, I'm, I'm not kidding you. Their audience is growing. So much because the people love what the young men are doing there in the community, and it's 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 an older community. It's not like you've got a lot of children that mm-hmm. are, are coming out. It's it's an older population there in Mesquite. Uh, a lot of retired individuals that want and love sports. My mother is 88 years old, and she loves basketball. There's not a KU University of Kansas game that she misses. And she knows all the players' names first and last. (laughs) 
And I better know who they are too. And I'm I'm sorry, sometimes I don't. And I graduated from the University of Kansas, Rock Chalk Jayhawk KU. But my mom is all over it. So you guys gotta got, work on your football program. Yeah, you've got people that it's really about what what does that community want. Mm. And so obviously just talking with you and learning more about it, you're not really worried about because I was gonna say, do, do you have any sort of competition in the Dallas skyline? But you're so much different and it's not about bringing in money from tickets. Competition isn't necessarily an issue because you're so much different, right? Right. Because I mean, you're in obviously you're in Dallas. Mavericks are there. There, I, I don't know if they have a G League team in Dallas, but they have a lot going on in Dallas. Yeah, there's a lot going on, and so, you know, no one's threatened or um, you know intimidated by something else more to do. Sure. Because sure. in the bigger cities, there's always something to do, and people that are going to support uh, a team are going to support it, or they're not. And the thing about it. Our games are affordable. Mm. How much? Does it depend on teams? It depends on the team. I mean, you have anywhere from a $5 ticket for a young person, a a youth, uh, not high school, but, you know, elementary school, all the way up to $10 to $15. To courtside tickets, that could be $43. I mean, can you imagine sitting courtside at at an NBA game for $43? Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. <laughs> so it's affordable. That's that's our, our rival would be probably a movie theater. So you're going to be able to go to a game, take your family, and buy popcorn, <laughs> and buy whatever's at the concession stand because it's affordable. I have four children, and we never, my husband played pro. We never got to go to a pro game. Really? No, because... To go to a pro game and take four children? Oh, yeah. You're talking about part of the rent, part of yeah. my mortgage. I mean, you're talking, wow. you know, that could be $300, $400. By the time you get the tickets and the, you park, and then you try to get some snacks, you want to get them some snacks. <laughs> That's keep, part of the game. Uh, oh, yeah. You got to have the experience. <laughs> okay, kids, get in the car. We're going to the game. All right, sit down. <laughs> popcorn no i'm sorry you got in the game that's good enough (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah that's a battle you're going to fight every time so i mean you know the games are affordable where people can come and bring their families and then guess what you're going to have entertainment there beside the guys that are playing you're going to have you've got cheerleaders dancers you've got timeout events that are going on you you could have the high school choir from the local high school is going to come out and sing the national anthem. I mean, everybody that comes to a basketball game is not necessarily there to see the game. Mm. Sometimes people want to come just to bring their kids just to have fun. They're, sometimes you'll see even at the, some of the NBA games, people are looking at their phones. Mm-hmm. I know. You know, they're, they're, they're talking. It's the atmosphere. It's You walk in and you smell the popcorn going in the, the hot dogs and and there's so much fun going on and there's music playing and the guys are on the court and they're having a great time playing and and then you know you're you're, you're there maybe grandma and grandpa want to see their granddaughter dancing at halftime mm. there's there's so many things that the games bring to the community because when you have a game the community is involved the vendors the people that are at the concession stands. Where are these people coming mm-hmm. from? They're coming from the community. Yeah. 
And so they, they, they literally take ownership. That community will take ownership of that team. And they get to see the players during the week. Mm-hmm. Because those players are working in the community and, and doing community service. That's, I forgot what I was gonna ask a long time ago and it came back in because you said mm-hmm. that. So, so when they're playing, and they're in the league, It's is it for them a full-time thing? Do they have time? Are, they don't have time doing anything else during the league They season. have uh, players that are, they are 100% pro, and this is what they're doing. Because to them, whether there's two people in the stands or, or 5,000, they're trying out. Mm. Because of the live streaming, because people are seeing them play, because of the, the stats, the majority of them... It was there. Are they expected to make this their full-time kind of job, oh. or or but or is it right. required? Like, is it? They are. They are pros. They are playing as pros, and they are. They are getting paid. Now, you you will have some some teams have what's called community players that are working other jobs mm. while they are playing, but. The majority of the players, this is what they're doing. Okay. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes the community players will not travel with the team. So they're on the team, they play, and they work in the community. To answer that question, yes, they're playing as pros full time. All right. I, don't, I can't think of anything else. We've been talking for like an hour, it yeah, says. So we, we covered a lot. <laughs> and so, I mean... I can, I can, I'm pretty confident you're going to hear more from me and I'm going to have more questions for you later, but let's stop for now. I want to thank Evelyn Magley for the interview and um, the opportunity to come out here and watch and uh, I'm still here, so I'm going to stick around for sure, but thank you for that opportunity and we look forward to seeing it grow and definitely is on the top of my list of leagues. I'd like to thank you very much for allowing uh, me the opportunity to share the story. Hmm. Uh, I believe that once people hear the story of what the league is about, we're a different league. Hmm. We're about community. We're about building these young men up and giving them opportunities. I believe that um, people will embrace them and embrace the league when we're coming into new communities across the United States and beyond. And these young men will be ambassadors that will go out across the world representing their communities that they're from. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you all for making it through another episode. A couple things I got a quick run through and then we'll be done. Uh, first, if you haven't already, go ahead and follow us on our different key platforms. Uh, first, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash globallyballin. Also, Instagram uh, at Globally Ballin Official, and then Twitter, at Globally Ballin. The Instagram and Twitter are by far our most active, and they're also very different content. They're actually run by different people. So go ahead and make sure you're following both of those, and they'll also both alert you for when something new is posted either in the podcast or Patreon, which I'm going to talk about in just a second. Also, um, when it comes to the Facebook account, the Facebook account seems um, less active, and we're aware of that. It's different kind of content and more is coming to the Facebook page. So you'll want to like it to make sure you're ready when a new wave of different content, which is coming soon, starts to make its way on there, which is exciting. 
Uh, finally, though, is the Patreon. So if you go to patreon.com and then you search Globally Ballin', you're gonna find our account. $3 a month, and with that, you're going to get a, a couple of things. First, shout out to all the supporters, which is great, which is actually also really good for any of you athletes out there. It's a great way to get your name, your brand, your place where people can find your highlight tapes, all that stuff. That'll be plugged in our episodes, which is great. So if you become a patron um, for the $3 a month, you'll get that. In addition, though, what we're really kind of excited about, not that we're not excited about the other one, is that you're going to get a bunch of extra content. It's going to be different from when I originally recorded this to when you're listening to this now. We're going to keep adding to it. Uh, there's a lot of different stuff. It might just be extra stuff that didn't fit into an episode. And there's also a whole new um, different kind of content called Candid Conversations, which is basically a whole new show that we started. As the name suggests, it's a conversation between me and somebody else. For whatever reason, it doesn't fit into an episode. And if you go check out one of those Candid Conversations, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. So that $3 a month, you're going to get your shout out and your... Um, your help to support your brand or get attention to your highlight reel or whatever, plus a lot of extra detailed, fun content in addition to this free podcast. So go and check that out. Refresher, find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash globallyballin', Instagram at globallyballin'official, Twitter at globallyballin', and uh, Patreon, patreon.com slash, or patreon.com search Globally Ballin and you'll find do the $3 a month patron if you're interested and get all new content, a bunch of additional content. Uh, if that's not for you, totally fine. We still really appreciate you supporting and listening. Uh, if you have any suggestions, make sure you send us a message. Again, because we're most active on Instagram and Twitter, that's the best way to send us a suggestion. We'd be happy to listen and, um, and try to get anybody in that area and that sport, that country, that topic that'll help you best. So make sure you send us one of those requests. Otherwise, thank you again for listening. You'll hear from us again uh, next week.